0: Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery. What's up, Gypsy gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, and as always, stoked to bring you guys these podcasts. And my guest today is none other than the newest recruit of the Star Racing Factory Yamaha team, Danger Boy Hayden Deegan. Uh, pretty stoked on this one, man. It's it's uh pretty I guess a rare opportunity that we all have to uh to watch a young kid grow up in the sport. Um and basically kind of have it all out there um, we've all been following uh, Danger Boy since he was on a, a 50 um, this week they just announced a massive move from KTM to Star Racing Yamaha um, and we were lucky enough that uh, that the guys wanted to um, to come on the podcast and I guess uh, explain how the whole deal went down and it was just super cool man it we spoke to Hayden in I think it was May um, and then obviously now a little bit later in the year, and it's just like you can just tell how much he's uh, grown up in, in just the last six months and, you know, like picking the factory team to ride for and I guess all the, the stuff that he's been through. Um, yeah, we, we really are seeing a kid grow, grow into a young man before our eyes. So I hope you guys all enjoy this episode. Uh, I hope it's informative um, with a, a young guy that I'm pretty sure we're all going to be hearing a lot more from. Uh, in the coming years. But before we get into this episode, just a message from our awesome sponsors. Well, seeing as this is a podcast with young 15-year-old Danger Boy Deegan, uh, I'm assuming that if there's any young 15-year-olds listening to this, then uh, you might actually be in need for your first set of of manscaping supplies, I guess you could say. And uh, look, take it from Uncle Gypsy, guys. You want to do it right from the start. Uh, I've been shaving those things for a while. I've seen it all. Blood, sweat, tears, literally. So with this manscaped 4.0 perfect package, you're going to alleviate yourself of all of those woes. The performance package 4.0 is by far and away the best in the business this hygiene bundle includes the lawnmower 4.0 the weed whacker boxes travel kit and liquid formulations and if you want to smell good everywhere, the Refined Cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman much like yourself. On top of everything, they've even thrown in the Shed travel bag to carry your goods uh, and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold the entire package together. Once again, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Gang at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls, so you might as well make them beautiful. We're brought to you by the guys at mxstore.com.au, Australia's largest dirt bike parts and accessories website. Massive supporters of this podcast for a long time and massive supporters of just motocross uh, and off-road riding in general in Australia. Uh, Once again, if you're listening to this episode, uh, the day it comes out, we will actually be at the Gold Coast Cup. Um, another example of the uh, MX Store crew getting behind the Gratz Roots level of racing. Uh, I will be leaving the studio right now to go to MX Store to do the click and collect. Uh, if you live in southeast Queensland, you can do the click and collect option at their Burley Superstore. Uh, if not, don't despair. Uh, if you order before 2 p.m. Uh, on the weekday, you get same-day shipping. So once again, uh and hopefully we see everybody uh, at the Gold Coast Cup this weekend. We are also brought to you by the guys at Fist Handware. The guys and girls, actually, they've got a full posse, making sure... That the best gloves in the world get shipped direct to your door no matter where you are in the world uh the guys there do an amazing job and chapter 16 is as good as fist has ever been you can head to fisthandwear.com uh use the code gypsy gang that is going to get you 15 percent off that code works no matter where you are in the world uh I personally run the Breezer Gloves. They are my favorite for Chapter 16. Um, They've just launched the Breezers that I've been running for a little while. So they are my favorite gloves. If you want to get onto Fisthandwear.com, have a search for the breezes and maybe you'll, uh, feel inclined to pick them up. Uh, some are here in Australia. So the breezes are going to come in handy. If you're listening to this in America, uh, they also do, uh, their cold weather glove as well, which is awesome. I wear that when I'm on the road bike in the morning. So once again, fisthandwear.com code gypsy gang is going to get you 15% off. You are going to get 15% off as well when you use the code GYPSYGANG at RivalIncDesignCo.com. These guys are the best in the business. No matter where in the world you are listening to this podcast, go to RivalIncDesignCo.com, get online, and check out these guys. They do some of the best work I think uh, in the industry um, they're definitely innovators when it comes to the graphic space it's why we love working with them uh, also been known to knock down uh, a beer or two uh, and they will be at the track uh, ripping as well so the crew at Rival really do live what they sell um, and it comes through in their products so once again RivalIncDesignCo.com use code code Gang. it's going to get you 15% off and make sure you you sign up for their CRF 110 giveaway when they hit 100 k they're getting so close. You can also sign up for that on the website as well. Alright, that's it for the ads for this episode. Enjoy this little chat with Danger Boy. I'm at called-
1: gang. 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 a gypsy. gypsy. Gang. Gang.
0: All right, we're good to go. We roll. We rolling, Rhodes? Yeah. All right. The uh, the newest recruit of the Star Racing Monster Energy Factory Yamaha team, Danger Boy Hayden Deegan. How's that sound, mate?
1: Yeah, it sounds sweet. It's a uh, it's a new adventure.
0: Yeah, man. It's been uh it's been pretty cool to watch like the the rollout that you guys have done. Um, I think the. Uh, I mean, it just played out cool the way that, um, you know, you got your KTM, like your 250 at Loretta's from KTM. And then it was like, I feel like everyone was pretty convinced that you were going to star. And then you got the KTM 250 and then you started testing the factory so I feel like it's been pretty fun for everybody to watch this whole process play out. But I'm sure it's probably a bit of a relief now that it's like out and you can just like get to work in a way.
1: Yeah, I know. We were like, we were like trying our best to make it like the biggest surprise because everyone obviously had their thoughts and everything. So it was kind of going back and forth so we could uh, get everyone amped up when uh, the release happened.
0: And uh, and every well, it's actually crazy to me that it stayed so quiet because I mean I genuinely didn't know. Like your dad told me uh, a couple days before. He's like, hey, we got a big announcement coming on Monday and I was like oh shit okay I didn't even really know that that was going down at all Um, so it actually surprised me how quiet it kind of did stay did you get the feeling that a bunch of people kind of knew or uh, or like were you worried that it would come out earlier than you guys getting to do the announcement
1: well there was like a few other like little channels that were like releasing their information saying trying to say where I was gonna go before I even had a contract signed So I thought that was kind of funny anyways. But anyways, yeah, like I didn't sign the contract until like maybe like, it was only like, honestly, probably two weeks ago, if that, because I was at my sister's NASCAR race and I did it. So uh, it was not a long time ago. There was a lot of people like, oh, he did it like at Loretta's or something. I'm like, no, no. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a little bit of a wait.
0: The uh, the funny thing, I was actually gonna um, text your dad this the other day. We we posted that clip I was talking about with like the little segment that we had to cut out um, of the podcast, and then dude, just like a thousand YouTube comments of people that know more about your deal than you do. <laughs> yeah, so I know.
1: I know it would be like I'll be like, dang, how that guy actually knows more than I know? That's awesome. <laughs> <It's> so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, maybe we need to hire a couple of these dudes as, like, PR guys. I know, it'd probably be,
1: honestly, a good idea.
0: <laughs> uh, it's good, though, man, like, because, I, I mean, I I don't know how much you think about this kind of stuff, but it's pretty rad what you guys have going on in terms of, uh, like, it's entertainment for people as much as it's, like, serious racer deal. Like, you're as serious and dedicated to racing as it gets, But you guys are also providing a lot of entertainment for people. Like you're giving people a chance to follow along this crazy journey. And I honestly think it's cool that like you don't seem to play into the camera thing too much. Like you can tell you're not sort of playing a character. It's probably just because it's been around you so long. You're just like, whatever, I'm over it. Like I just be myself and then do my stuff and then the boys make the videos um but it is pretty cool the way that you guys are bringing everybody along and it's like it's serious racing but then there's also this like entertainment and i think that sometimes with racing it gets taken so seriously that the like the average punter that just watches the races almost forgets that he is watching it just because he enjoys to
1: yeah definitely it's like i have a few goals you know goal to obviously just have a goal and uh, gotta focus on that so like it's cool to have the cameras around and stuff, but again, they're I it's like they just kind of you know film, stay behind uh, the window a little bit and get everything that's going on. But I gotta keep focusing on what I'm uh, trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that that comes across too, like because, I mean, it'd be easy to uh, like really play into it and stuff. But I guess you guys are making so much content that it's just like a this daily routine like you'd kind of get over it in a sense not over it in a bad way but over it in terms of like you're not trying to be anybody else
1: yeah honestly like that's how it is like i'll be like i'm basically almost film probably every day every time i'm riding i always have the camera around so it's definitely like at this moment now it's like you almost sometimes don't even notice that the camera's around anymore because it's kind of natural and you're just trying to focus on what you're doing through your day
0: how um, how much does it help your riding to just have a camera around all the time? Because I feel like any time I get to watch myself ride, that's when I actually improve because I can see what I'm doing wrong. And the fact that you are being filmed every single time you ride is pretty sick.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like at the Supercross and Motocross races, you obviously have a guy for each team that films your riders so you guys after can go study. Like, what? Okay, we need to change this, change that. And it's like I have that like every day, able to film like my filmers filming me um on the supercross track. Oh, I need to fix this. Like I'll watch the videos after I'm done riding or the next day when they come out, and I'm like, okay, I see where I need to get my feet in here or change my posture through the whoops. It's like it's constantly being able to study yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that is cool, man. It's a pretty pretty gnarly benefit. Um, so we'll talk just we'll talk about the star deal. So you. I mean your dad was pretty open about like wanting to stay at KTM I'm sure you feel like nostalgia for KTM because it's like eight years that you were there and then they're obviously trying to keep you like for you to make that decision to go to star like what was going on in your head for like the last few months to try and make this decision
1: yeah, it was crazy. Again, like at Loretta's, you know, obviously I wanted to perform the best so I could obviously impress the teams and get the best I can uh, get a deal. So that was my focus at Loretta's is obviously do as good as I can. And then it kind of came down to the time where I had to decide. And I obviously went to meetings with the teams and they all tell, you know, kind of what you want to hear. So it's like, oh, do I want to go here. Do you want to go here? And like, I definitely wanted to stay with KTM because they're obviously a great team and they obviously had my back a lot because I've been with them for eight years, but it was just overall deciding what's going to be best for the future, not where I'm at at the moment. And uh, STAR was that decision. So we went over to STAR and they honestly have the best training program. I hopped in like first week I signed the deal. I was ready in Florida training, um, road biking over 170 miles in three days. So it was like you're, you're getting in shape and you're getting ready to uh, getting ready for these nationals coming up so it was uh you hop right into it and uh, there's no waiting around.
0: Yeah, man. It, it's pretty sick and you know, I I've loved the way that you just attack training, dude. You know, cuz that's like the part of this whole process that's like the necessary evil, you know? Like and and I'm sure that if everyone come together and everyone made, uh, like, you get all the boys on every start line and be like, all right, we're not going to train, we're just going to ride. Everyone would yeah. be like, sweet, perfect, <laughs> let's all do that. But yeah. you, seem like, you seem like a kind of guy that you you want to embrace the grind. You're like, let's go, let's just get this done.
1: Oh, 100%. Like, I used to train with Caleb Tennant, so I was, uh, fortunately, one of the faster kids in the group, so there wasn't really much people that I could really chase after because we had a lot of 85 and super mini kids in the group, and they were kind of chasing after me. So it was like really like hard to find like some more, I guess, speed to catch somebody. So I could just find who was at Paulo that day, try to chase him down or whatever. But right when you hop into Florida down here with all the star guys, you basically, I mean, there's a lot of guys on the team. You got eight good dudes, eight probably roughly good dudes on the team you're lining up with. and. I'm, like, right now, not the fastest guy on the team, obviously. So I was probably me and Romano, and uh, we've been training together. So he's uh, the other amateur kid, and right now I'm just chasing after him. Uh, So that's obviously going to make me a lot faster. Chasing chasing after somebody faster than me, uh, it's going to work me. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, like, kind of the other thing, because... So for you, right, like you're the son of Brian Deegan, your sister's a famous NASCAR chick. It's like you've got a million subscribers on YouTube. You kind of, like, everyone's criticism of you would be like, ah, here's this little rich kid that's just got everything handed to him. Like that's the narrative that people could say about you, right? And then what do you do? You go, hey, I want to sign to the gnarliest team and I want to be the slowest rider on their team and I just want to try and get better. That's like the opposite of what a spoiled rich kid would do. So I think that, you know, in that that lane, it's like I think you signing this deal in particular – um it sort of speaks a lot about like your character and like what you want to achieve and like how you see yourself because yeah like it's it's way more fun to be the man right than be the dude that everybody's waxing every day
1: yeah definitely and obviously i'm really grateful for the position i'm in so it's just like you get thrown into like uh, a training group like this it's like you got to stay humble and uh, especially when guys are fast and you got to stay really humble because yeah. uh You can't be like oh i'm faster than you when really you're not so yeah i just like to stay humble and uh, keep fighting keep fighting until i get up to their pace and that's the the way it's going i never want to betray you know like the cool kid or whatever it is you know i want to obviously stay back and you know just keep on grinding
0: yeah yeah no i think it's a move man and and yeah to be like super young and to have that headspace because you know, like, we were talking, we did the podcast with Jalik Swole the other day, and, you know, he, first year rookie season was, like, as bad as a rookie season could be. And then mm-hmm. what he went back to was just, like, it's all mental, it's all mental, it's all mental. Like, just get the mental game figured out. And it's, like, to have the attitude that you got at that age, like, that's the move, man.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, like, obviously there's a few kids in the amateur ranks that like, act pretty cool, and I see, like, what people think of them, like, I don't want to be that kid, and I just try to, you know, stay stay humble, too, because you never know, you go into the pro ranks, like, 250, you don't know where you're going to stand exactly, so you got to stay humble coming to that, obviously, as well, because your rookie season, you never know, you could think you're going to be going out there and hopefully winning, but you could, again, be getting shuffled back, because it's just such gnarly racing.
0: Yeah, man, definitely. So, you got the um 250f ktm and then you did some testing for the factory team what was the like forget about the deals and all that sort of stuff what was it like the first time you rode a factory big bike
1: yeah i know ktm brought like a a factory bike because it was right before contract time so they wanted to you know obviously test the good bike see what i'm gonna be riding and you know you show up with the two ktm vans it's all professional and stuff Usually I just go to the truck my van and dirt bike, and uh, it was like, oh geez, like it's like, it's pretty cool definitely getting around to, be around those guys, done geez, testing the KTM. It's like, you're right next to like the big times, big time guys. So bike was like, you hop on a pro bike, it's uh, a factory bike. It's a lot faster, a lot faster than your uh, average mod bike. So you're like getting used to it and stuff. And uh, it's just crazy. Everyone, you know, kind of all the team guys are watching. It's definitely a lot of pressure, but yeah, from there it's just, you know, just trying to find your comfort zone on the bike and see what's best for you.
0: And what was the like what was your impressions of that factory KTM? Like motor wise, suspension wise, was it quite a big difference to what you were used to?
1: Yeah, definitely. On my I had my stock two fifty F at the moment and uh, Jamie did some mapping on it to give me a little more power. So I was riding a stock bike and then when I test the factory bike, suspension was a lot stiffer. I had like uh, the basic WP stuff built on it. So it wasn't like super stiff and uh, got on the KTM super stiff. So we had to obviously soften the suspension up a little bit, but like motor wise, it's like a whole different world. When you get on a factory bike from a stock 250, it's like the power is crazy on those things. And uh, especially KTM has a lot of mid to top power. So it like pulls gnarly, but overall it's pretty cool. And then you go to the star bike, another factory bike factory motor and you get on that thing and that thing's got the gnarliest torque i've ever ridden on a dirt bike it's so sick and uh, obviously it has some gnarly mitted top it pulls hard but right when i got on that star bike i was like dang this is gonna make the decision a lot harder because this thing goes gnarly <laughs> fast
0: <laughs> yeah it's like crazy so, i was like yeah oh, sorry keep going no you're good Yeah, yeah, dude. So um, when we did, when I did the podcast with your dad, I was just like, "Have you ever ridden one of those those YZ250s, man?" Because like they're pretty ridiculous. So I went and rode at Townleys in like 2019. I'd never ridden one of those bikes before. I was like, "What is this thing? Like, is this for real?" And uh, yeah, it just turns out it was just a stock um, Yamaha 250. And uh, I was like, uh, okay, this makes a lot of sense why the Star Bikes are so good because you get like this base package and this base motor that's insane. So obviously when you start modding that thing, um, it's going to turn into a monster. And then that's pretty much how it worked out for you. You were just like, what the hell?
1: Yeah, I know. I was like, dang, this thing's crazy because obviously I went back to Florida and tested their uh, race bike like they use for the 250 class and pros to get a good feel on it. And it was just like, you just, every corner wheeling out of everything. I was like, dude, this thing's so sick. But uh, obviously a lot of the good bikes are really close too in uh, pro racing because they, they got to make it obviously as close as they can. So they're up front. But the star bike definitely was crazy.
0: Yeah. And then the the first time you rode it, um, that the track was deep too, man. Like super, super deep.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, on the KTM, the track wasn't as deep because I rode Paula and Glen Helen, so it was more fast speed. And when I rode the Star Bike in Florida, they had the track tilted, so it was just uh, definitely rings your ears. Like I rode the the factory bike, and it's so loud. It like I had to wear earplugs because you're just pulling, you're going wide open through that soft stuff, and it's ringing your ears because it's such a gnarly power and just so loud. But uh, it just like pulls through everything. It's so nice.
0: Yeah, and then I can imagine going into Supercross just having that that power everywhere that you want it. Um, it's yeah. got to make you kind of more confident.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, star bike on Supercross is outrageous. I rode Supercross for the past two days. It's got the gnarliest torque. Like you mess up its section, you get you just get a little clutch right in the transition. You're back tripling. It's like, it's it's a it's a nice Supercross bike.
0: So. I saw uh, on the video at one point, like, Ferrandis is out on the track, and I'm sure there are a bunch of other guys Run. It actually looked like you did a lot of laps that, uh, that first day that you rode Supercross. Um, how do you reckon... Obviously, you're not trying to be speed-wise, like, you're not going all the way as fast as you can, and that's not the plan, and it's not the move for you to just go yeah. out and try and go uh, that fast first day, but was there because i mean there's got to be a point where you're like you wake up in the morning and you know you're about to ride supercross for the first time on your factory bike you got to be a little bit like shit man like can i can i do this uh so what was it like your expectations wise and then did you see the speed they were going and think like oh i can eventually do that
1: yeah i watched like colt nichols dylan and uh i sat there before i went on the road um just watch them go through the whoops, they got some crazy whoop speed. And then just seeing Colt's like, how he hit the turns, how hard he hit them. And like, uh, like seeing how he races Supercross and it's like, oh, that kind of makes sense. He's hitting the turns that hard. Probably gives me a good reason why he's obviously up front. So uh, I was kind of just gonna give that to myself to go out on the Supercross track and kind of copy what Colt was doing. Um, not to the pace he was going, obviously, because not up there yet, but um, just got out in the track and uh, just try to be smooth the first day on the bike. So just getting the track figured out and uh, we practiced the whoops a lot because I was trying to get those dialed on the 250. First time I ever rode the Supergrass track on a 250 and uh, got thrown on the gnarly fast bike. So it was uh, a fun time getting to hit all the fat rhythms and uh, those bikes handle crazily good. Like you'll clip a rhythm, barely feel it. Like the suspension's just crazy going through the whoops handles like super nice and uh you got the suspension guy there too with you watching you do the whole track so he obviously watches me through the whoops oh we'll make this change we'll do this it's sweet
0: it honestly just sounds like fun like that sounds yeah. just like a fun day of riding
1: yeah it's crazy you know everyone's just watching you and you're getting right at the factory guys it's like how would you ever want to give this up
0: yeah well you're one of those factory guys now it's like you you know you you saying like oh you get to ride with the factory guys like hey you're the factory guy now too
1: yeah i know it's crazy getting to ride with these guys and uh be one of the guys so it's uh definitely a good path
0: so uh swanee uh did you know swanee that much before you signed the deal and like come out here or i knew
1: swanee a little bit i seen him at the tracks and Caleb and Swanee are, are, I believe, from South yep. Africa both. So they, Caleb talked about him a little bit. And looking at the different teams, I knew who his trainer was. And he came and talked to me a few times here and there just to see how it's going. So I kind of knew who he was, but nothing crazy until I really came out here to Florida and started training with him.
0: Yeah, he is a really, really cool dude. And he knows his shit, man. Like, we were talking before we started recording that 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 advice i i loved that clip and the way that he sort of said to you he was just like hey man if you get this figured out now it's gonna really help your career that's just like that's some really legitimate OG advice from that guy, and you could see like I kind of got the vibe of what he was saying about basically like you want to get into this body position before the whoops and then just like lock yourself in, stay in that position, and just go through them. And then to it was cool to like see you instantly take that on board and just like do run after run after run through the whoops.
1: Yeah, it's good when someone can see something in you that is not perfected yet. Like Swanee found a few things in me that needed to be fixed and i'm sure there's going to be a lot more things that uh down the road will have to be fixed but uh one of those was getting into the whoops and that stuff right there will lead to a better career later down the road in supercross because it'll uh, lead to better technique and you know that uh, um, leads to better pace through the whoops. so definitely needed that and uh, it's gonna help me a lot
0: yeah man and so what's like the the oh, had you been to the goat farm before you went, uh, like, your first day with Star? No, I've never been to the goat
1: farm. I've only seen it on, like, some of Ricky's videos because that's where he grew up. So, yeah, and it was funny. Uh, probably, yeah, yesterday when we were training, Ricky's mom came and trained us because Swanee uh, had something going on. So she comes and uh, trains us as well, and she's she's definitely into it. It's super cool seeing Ricky's mom still being a part of the program. Ricky came out and watched. They're all still a part of the facility, you know? And she uh, she like, we were doing a section in it. We had to get it, our fastest lap time. We did it like 10 times. We got our fastest lap time. And uh, we had to get that same lap time or under it two times in a row. And she kept us yeah. going and going and going until we got that lap time. And uh, eventually we got down to it, but it was just crazy how she, uh, She's bringing it to us on how she raised Ricky. So it's definitely uh, something crazy.
0: Yeah, man, I I, uh, I got, like, Townley's told me stories when he went there to live with Ricky, and they would basically just do these, like, sections or, like, what you said, where you got to do your fastest lap time out of 10 laps, and you got to get it twice in a row. And, yeah, Townley's just got these, like, horror stories of her just, like, grinding him until he got it and it sometimes took like hours and he's like i was so mad while i was riding like just so angry because i couldn't do it the track's getting rougher and then you've got to get a faster lap time he's like it just mentally cooks you but then you get it and then you're like oh wow this was like this was the move
1: yeah definitely stuff like that too makes you overall just a better rider and a stronger rider um doing those things to like keep fighting through it and it would relate to like super cross races you know you can't get that lap time or anything just keep fighting or you got to get these positions keep fighting and that's what i think she like tries to relate to a
0: lot yeah 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 because it, it is hard to simulate that stuff especially when you're just doing it every single day like you're you're about to enter this grind now in your life and i mean you've been grinding the whole time it's it's not like you've been taking it easy but I, I think now, you know, you're about to enter this next kind of like 10 year period where your life is just going to be given to this dream that you've got. And if you can, if you can keep that focus for the next 10 years and if you can stay healthy and just tick all the right boxes, then you're going to get to where you want to be. Um, and it's all of those kinds of things because it sort of just becomes like a mental game, you know, like. How can you simulate racing when you're just going to the same track every day for 10 years? How can you keep that, um, you know, like that fight? So to have someone like her around and then, you know, this, just the whole team in general, that they've, like, they've produced these results before, um, it sort of makes it easier for you just to, like, do your job, you know? Yeah,
1: definitely. There's a lot of motivating people there, too, at the track because you got Justin Cooper, Colt Nichols, Dylan. Those guys are all champions, so they know what, what needs to go down to be a champion. So being around them is a, a big help. And uh, I got my like, all my yearly goals written out and uh, I just try to pursue those. And if I uh, keep my head where it needs to be and stay grinding, I think I can uh, pursue those when I'm older.
0: Yeah, for sure. What, when you say you write down your goals, like where do you write that stuff down?
1: Uh, like on my computer, I write like my yearly goals down uh like uh just type them and then print them and just like i have them in my backpack so just check them over every here and there so you see if i'm still in line
0: that's sick what what sort of like to what level do you write goals down is it only just like race results or do you have like personal goals as well or
1: yeah some of my goals are like being a better person on and off the track you know just myself acting good and staying humble and just being a respectful kid that's one of the goals and you know the other goal on track wise is just to never give up keep fighting and uh have a goal for the nationals too like what i want to go do and win so and just how i'm going to do that so those are kind of my goals that i want to achieve
0: yeah man The uh i think one of the like powerful things that maybe not a lot of people f- do in life or figure out is that like there's like this accountability, right? So you put yourself out there. So you're like, all right, I'm Hayden Deegan. I've just signed this contract and I want to go dominate at Minio's. It's like, that's like a gnarly thing to say. And most people would be scared of saying that because if you don't do it, then, you know, you can get in your head and be like, fuck, if I don't, like, if I don't win, if I don't dominate, I said I was going to do it. So it's like, it's hard to put that much pressure on yourself, but it's like, that's what champions do, right? they like go out on a limb and they attach their name to something and then it's like a pretty bold goal. And then they just like stay committed to doing it. Is it, does it just feel natural to you to like make those big claims and then just work your ass off to back them up? Like how much of that is, you know, a part of your process?
1: Yeah. It's like, I may not go win minios. Like it could go both ways, but my goal is to grind all the way and work to what I wanna, like work for what I want to do at Minios and put my best effort into it, so I can go and attempt to do that. I could say, but my goal is to mentally say I want to go win, so I can mm. mentally just keep fighting for it.
0: It's hard though, like for I mean maybe it's not hard for you, but I think a lot of people do find it hard to really put a goal in their head and then put it in other people's head too um, because it's scary when you say something and you know like you have to face the fact like you said it could go either way um, sometimes the easier road is just not to say anything but are you really gonna work as hard if you haven't put yourself out there and you haven't said what you want to do
1: yeah that's kind of how I am I feed off the pressure I like it, uh, and you know there's those people on Instagram that doubt you here and there they just give you the pressure and I just kinda of feed off of that and that's what kinda of keeps me keeps me grinding.
0: Yeah, well you look at a guy like uh like Cooper Webb, you know, he's that dude. He just yeah. makes those big calls, writes red plate on his pit board, talks shit on the start line. It's like, yeah, man, if you if, if you wanna like uh I guess you you've gotta kinda speak those things into existence sometimes, right? Yeah, definitely. You just gotta put your mind to it, kinda. So uh so you pretty stoked to be done with two strokes now.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean it's definitely a big step from a
1: two stroke to a four stroke because it's a whole different power ratio. It's like going from a two stroke, you got to you got to really flow the bike cuz two strokes don't like just have that instant not oh, like power like the four strokes. So it was uh I may not be completely done with the two stroke, who knows. I might make a sick two stroke video or something, but at the moment I'm kind of done with the two stroke. Been on it for about eight to nine years now so it's time to just uh figure this four stroke out
0: yeah the uh uh, it is cool though like i'm sure there'll be a point where you look back at the footage of say like loretta's when you're like this massive dude on this super mini and you're just smashing that thing around the track like because i mean when you when you get on a 450 it's like you just can't ride like that So I'm sure there's probably going to be a point when you're looking back at your, like, last year, Loretta's being like, damn, I miss being able to ride a dirt bike like that, where you could just, like, smash the entire track.
1: Yeah, where you just throw it around. Like, the Super Mini, I got pretty big on it. So you just throw it around, kind of, like, through the bumps. You could, like, hop through them and stuff, which now on the big bike, I'm going to be, like, not as big as I was on the Super Mini. So I'm going to have to kind of use the power to hop bumps more and definitely use the suspension to my advantage and not being not I'm not going to be so dominant on the bike anymore it's going to be me just having to be smart with the bike
0: yeah yeah well um man won't keep you too much longer but uh appreciate you coming on it's always uh it's always cool to talk to you man I'm definitely a definitely a fan from from over here and I think it's rad just the I just think the effort that you put in is what's cool you know, like you really care, you really try hard. And I think that, you know, like we said, people can talk shit and they'd be like, ah, kids got everything. This, Hey, you can't teach the desire that you have and you can't, you can't teach like, like you said, you love pressure. So I think uh, keep that up, man. Like as much as I feel like it's just in you in general, like that's just who you are. But um, it's cool, man. And I think that that's the thing over time you can be known for you know like right now you just you still don't you know brian deegan's kid and like people can still say that but there's going to be a point if you keep going with like this mental attitude like you you are a savage like mentally you are a little savage and over time i think that that's going to be like the dominating narrative like that's going to be the story that people say they're going to be like this deegan kid is a little animal like uh, so it's it's cool to uh it's cool to see that and like that's that's what I'm a fan of man like in your riding is just like you can just see you're a little savage and I think that's the shit that's gonna win championships and races down the line so don't don't uh, don't stop that and uh, keep doing your thing man and it, it's really cool to uh, to watch this uh, this journey that you're on you know.
1: Yeah thank you appreciate it just gonna keep grinding my way up there and uh, maybe one day we'll be winning some Supergrass titles and outdoor titles so we're just gonna Keep
0: doing our thing. And, man, not to mention, I feel like, I, I I know for a fact, like, just because I see our YouTube comments so much, I've got a lot of comments, like, when we posted the video of, uh, we posted your dad's podcast and your podcast for the first time, and then even that clip we posted the other day, so many people comment and say, I got a dirt bike because of the Diggins YouTube channel. So, I mean, regardless of even, like, winning and all that sort of stuff, like, just the amount of people that you guys have got stoked on dirt bikes and you know how much fun you have riding a dirt bike with your dad and, and you know, your brother. And it's just like, you've given that to so many people as well. So even dude racing aside, like that's just a good thing to be involved with.
1: Yeah. I love I love just to influence kids, you know, to go ride no matter what bike you have, honestly, just to go out there, ride, have fun and uh especially little kids you know a lot of them just want to sit on video games It's it's cool to influence them to go outside and ride dirt bikes and stuff it's uh, a lot different than anything that a lot of people do
0: yeah definitely dude well um yeah good luck for minios man i'll obviously be watching and uh yeah hopefully uh hopefully you can go get get it done there but um either way man it's gonna be super cool
1: sweet thank you you want my dad to come on
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: all right Appreciate it. Talk to you soon, brother. All right, I'll see you later. Thanks.
0: (laughs) One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.